Welcome back to Machzer Manager here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. This is part two of the series, which we introduced um, a while back before Rosh Hashanah. And I know it's crunch time and there just hasn't been so much time, um, at least on my end, but Bez Rosh Hashem, we will get through this just in case this will still be meaningful for you. And if not for this year, for a future year. So just to go through what exactly is what in the Machzer, we spoke a lot about um, different pieces um, for Rosh Hashanah, for Musaf, and we're going to go through um, a, an overview of what exactly the tefillahs of the day are, what are the main features, and what exactly is the goal of each one, and we'll try to address some of the elephants in the room. And I'm hoping this will be um, not as long as um, a shear, only because, you know, the, the hour's late, and... Everyone has places to be, especially on Erev Yom Kippur. But speaking of Erev Yom Kippur, so the first, um, the first portion of this, um, of this Machzer Manager um, um, piece is going to be on Erev Yom HaKippurim, which is where we basically are right now at the time of this recording. Then we'll focus on Leil Yom HaKippurim. Then we're going to focus on the Shachris Musaf piece, then the Mincha piece, and then the Ne'ila piece, which um, is really just the order of the day. But what, so the question is, what exactly we're we trying to do? So Erev Yom Kippurim, um, the fir, the three main parts of Erev Yom Kippur, I would say are Kaparos. Then we have, um, you know, just um, Mincha in general, which you might say, oh yeah, well Mincha is Mincha. You know, we we have Mincha every day, and it's a it's a weekday Mincha. You're right, except that the weekday Mincha, you know, even the weekday Mincha on Erev Yom Kippur is affected by Yom Kippur, and that is because. Um, we have the vidoy. We recite the al chets in the um, mincha on erev yom kippur. So, and the um, Chazal um, describe reasons for that. It's brought down in halacha that lest something should happen at the suda hamafsekes, right? You 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 want to get you know yom kippur is a time um, where we're hoping that din will switch to rachamim, but. If we're about to, you know, it would be it would be such a tragedy if you would miss the opportunity. Just like any time, we know someone who's about to pass away, so we do vidue as early as possible. So um, we we do vidue even at mincha. Just like a chosen would do vidue or kala would do vidue during mincha. You'd bring your your yom kippur machzer to shul, which is what some, what many people do. Oh, sorry, uh, to the to the chasna, the wedding hall. Well, many chasanim and kalas will do something like that. Okay. So there's that. Um, so we have kaparis, we have the mincha, which is affected by the vidway, and then we have tefilas zaka. So what exactly is tefilas zaka? So we'll talk about that soon. So that's this is all the Arab Yom HaKippurim section. We have kaparos, we have mincha, and we have tefilas zaka. So tefilas zaka, as we'll see, is multifaceted. It accomplishes more than one thing that we're trying to do. There's, there's multiple aspects to the agenda of tefillah zaka. Now what's kapara? It's a very strange thing. We take a, uh, a chicken or, or, or money and we, we wave it around our heads. What exactly is the point of that? What are kaparos? Kaparos literally means atonements. What does that have to do with this? So we do a lot of things to prepare ourselves for the days of din. And we basically latch on to whatever we can. I don't know if you if, 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 if you've picked up, but every little kind of thing we do, we make on, we take on Kabbalah, we do Teshuvah, Tefillah, Tzedakah, we do Vidui, we, do to, um, we, we make other kinds of Kabbalos, a lot of things that we do. So Kaparos is one of those things. And the role of Kaparos, it, um, a lot of it speaks to the Tzedakah piece of Teshuvah, Tefillah, and Tzedakah. But another aspect of it 
is that it's um, it's not just tzedakah, but it, in a certain sense, it's like a carbon, right? We say zechalifasi zetimurasi. What we are saying is that this is going to be my substitution. This is um, meaning I should really be the carbon, like the Ramban says. I should be the carbon, but I'm afraid to be the carbon. I don't want to be the carbon, so this will be the carbon, right? So we're we, it's a financial restitution for our souls. It's a it's an atonement. It's a it's it's something that's going in our place. And we achieve atonement by giving up of that financial part of ourselves to, to tzedakah. So that's kaparos. Now mincha, we said that we have a vidoy, there's a confession, and that just speaks to the awe of the day and our absolute desperate need to get the vidoy in. So that's mincha. Then we have tzvila zaka. Tzvila zaka is, it, it, it's so many things at once. Tzvila zaka um, fulfills a mitzvah diaraisa of tosefes yom kippurim. It's actually a machlokas. Um, it's a machlokas rishonim, um, brought down and fleshed out in the achronim. A conversation that could be very well um, be for now, but we're not going to elaborate so much. It's really there's a whole um, sheer, you know, a whole sugya biyun about Tosefas um, Tosefas Yom Kippur, Tosefas Shabbos. Is Tosefas Yom Kippur an acceptance of the Isser Malacha of Yom Kippur, or is it an acceptance of the fast? Is it both? In our version of Tefillah Zaka, it's both. But um, the question is, is it accepting the fast early, or is it accepting the Yom Tov early? Either way, um, there's the Mitzvah Diyaraisa of Tosefis Yom HaKippurim, and even according to the opinion that doesn't assume that Tosefis Shabbos is Diyaraisa, everyone agrees that Tosefis Yom HaKippurim is Diyaraisa. And so part of Tefillah Zaka is the formal acceptance of the Tainus and of Yom Tov. And you do it early. You do it before, you know, after Mincha, before Kol Nidre, you do it before it's officially Yom Tov. Many people go to Shul early to say it. It's very appropriate to do so. But I, I caution you, if, you're, if you are saying it early, make sure you're actually ready to accept the fast. Because you literally say, in Tefillah Saka, you literally say, I'm accepting the fast upon myself. So that would be very bad if you did that and then um, weren't actually ready to. Also, Tefillah Zaka contains a very, very intimate vidui. We've been talking a lot about confessions and vidui. So in Tefillah Zaka, it, um, it, there is a graphic vidui where it talks about different kinds of averse that you might do with all the different parts of your body, and really all the different parts of your body the, the Tefillah makes reference to. So v'hamev and yavin. But the point is that it's such, a, such an intimate Tefillah that you if, you, if you don't understand the Hebrew, you really got to do it in English, like you really have to see it, because this is really, it's an opportunity to do a vidui that you really don't get an opportunity for in the rest of Yom Kippur, and it's because of how intimate it is. It really, it captures almost all the areas that you could think of, which would be appropriate to confess, and if, if you, there was an Avera that you did that you're not even sure you did, Tefillah Zaka will remind you of that Avera. So, you know, so that's all Erev Yom Kippur. Okay, then we get to Leil Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur night, and we have we have Kol Nidre, right, which we know is the religious slash legal nullification of vows. Tzmachlokas Rishonim, if it's nullification of future vows or past vows, our Nusuch is a little bit of a hybrid. It's kind of funny, but um, one of the things that we spoke about um, in the Baltfila workshop is why do we even have Kol Nidre? Like, it's a very strange thing. It's a very strange thing to introduce Yom Kippur with. It's also very strange that we sing a very haunting niggin to it. It's like it's it's like a it's a legal paragraph. It's like very it's a, it's, a, it's almost like reading a contract and then like singing it. It's like why would we do that? So 
the and the the answer that um that I mentioned in in uh, Baltzfila workshop, which I'll repeat here, is that um, is really to be, to answer with a question, another question, as we Jews love to do, and that is that you would think that we should be saying the opposite of Kol Nidre. We should be making Kabbalos. That's what we do. We say you know we take on um, responsibilities and we say we make we start to make commitments to Hashem. Isn't Yom Kippur about making commitments? And that's why we dress up as angels. We're showing how clean we are and how ready we are to serve Hashem better, just like angels. And yet we do this Kol Nidre, which is basically saying, yeah, I'll remember all my promises, so forget those. And the answer is that really, yes, Kol Nidre is the most honest. It's, most, it's, it's really the most honest part of Yom Kippur. It's, it's the part of Yom Kippur where we say, Hashem, I can make a Kabbalah from today till tomorrow. I don't think I'm capable of holding on to it. I know myself. I know that, uh, that I'm frail. I know that I'm weak. And as much as I want to serve you, I have a Yetzir Hara. And I just don't know if I can keep my promises. And, you know, Kol Nidre is our permission for imperfection. We stand before Hashem and we say, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I will, uh, you know, maybe I won't be able to keep my promise. And therefore I have to, I have to proceed in trying to serve you better, but I will do it with the realization and the honesty. Um, you know, the realization that of that I, I'm weak and I can't really trust myself. And although I come in dressed as an angel, um, you know, deep down I, I know that I, I'm, I'm not always an angel. So that's Kol Nidre. Then we go into Mairev, which um, is the Mairev that we're familiar with. Um, the Yom Noray Marev. But what's interesting is right after the Shimona Esrei, that's where Yom Kippur takes a different turn than even Rosh Hashanah. We have an introductory prayer called Ya'ale, which is really an intro to all of the Yom Kippur supplications. We say, Ya'ale tachnenenu me'erev, v'yavo shavosenu iboker, v'yeyre'e rinunenu ad arev. Basically, we have Erev, um, Boker and Ad Erev. So Erev and Ad Erev is, is a play on the Psukim in Parshas Emor, which talk about Yom Kippur. Um, or is it, um, it might be an Emor, it might be an uh, Achremos, but it says Me'erev Ad Erev. Right? So we're saying all the Tfilos from now, meaning right after Marev, the Slichos that we say at Marev, all, all the way and all the Viduyim, all until the end of the Yom Tov, until after Ne'ilah. So all of that we are asking, we want it to ascend before Hashem. It's a prayer's prayer. We're asking Hashem to accept everything that comes this way. We want all the tefillahs to make it all the way up to Him. And so that is the segue into all of the slichos. We say a lot of slichos. And the Yud Gimomidos Arachamim and Vidui. All of those are in Mariv. And Mariv on Yom Kippur night, you know, you're not, no one's going home to have a meal because we did the Sudam Afsekis already. So now is, a, is, is this is a night where we cry out to Hashem. That's 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 what Yom Kippur night is for. Okay, now we um, move on to the day of Yom Kippur, and when we get to the day of Yom Kippur, we have Shachars and Musaf. So um, we 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 spoke in Baltfila workshop and Machser manager part one about the Hinani or the Rishus. Piyotim, where either the Baal Shachas or the Baal Musaf is asking for Rishos to stand before Hashem, acknowledging how unworthy he is. We have Misod Chachamim and the different kinds of Piyotim, which we spoke about. There, we, we, we spoke about different names of, of the poems. So Misod Chachamim is explaining how it's a disclaimer, stating that um, we are going a little bit off script because we are, um, we are saying Piyotim, we're throwing in poems that we don't normally say throughout the year. But we are doing it not based on nothing. We are doing it based on a tradition. 
And so we have all those different piyutims. We have that, fine. This this is common to all the Shmonas race of Yomim Narayim, or, or basically all the Shmonas race, um, save a couple. Um, we spoke about the Kedushas Hashem, right? Unasana Tokef. Um, we spoke about how... Um, we spoke about it at length in the Rosh Hashanah workshop, not the workshop, the Rosh Hashanah Machzer manager. We spoke at length about Unasana Tokef and the difference between Rosh Hashanah being the day of Din Berachamim, as the Ramban puts it, and Yom Kippur being the day of Rachamim Bedin, right? The Shofar Gadol versus the Koldama Madaka, right? The experience of Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai after the Chet Egel, um, after, after Kabbalah Satora. And we have the, the parallel but contrast scene of Eliyahu Hanavi. At Har Chorev, we spoke about that at length. And if, if you if you don't know how, what I'm talking about, you can go back to the Rosh Hashanah Machzor Manager and find that it was a very powerful part. And one thing that I'll mention is, if I don't remember if I mentioned this last time, but I did mention it in Baltvila Workshop, is that we have the crossover of of two of two piyutim, one before um, one before Unasana Tokef on Rosh Hashanah, and one before Unasana Tokef on Yom Kippur. But on Rosh Hashanah, we say Melech Elyon which is focusing on the Malchus. It focuses on the Din, right? The Melch Elyon versus the Melch Evion versus the human king, the destitute king. On Yom Kippur, we have Masay Elokeinu versus Masay Anosh. When we talk about the actions of God, we're referring to the kind of actions that he does to his handiwork, the Rachamim, and that's Yom Kippur, versus the Masay Anosh, which is not all that great. So we have that, and my Rebbe, um, Rav Yonas Sachs, points out from, I think, the Magin Avram, that on Yom Kippur, we find that unlike um, Rosh Hashanah, where in Shachris we have Mimkumcha Malkeinu, which we normally do at Shachris on Shabbos, we have Mimkumcha Malkeinu, from your place, O King, our King, every Shmona Esrei, every Kedusha on Yom Kippur has the Matbeah of a Musaf on a regular Shabbos, in which we say, not Mimkumcha Malkeinu, but Mimkumo Huyifen Berachamim. Right, so Malkeinu, we have the Din in Rosh Hashanah, but in, uh, in, on Yom Kippur, Every tefillah has that matbeah of mimkomo huifen barachim, has the form of asking Hashem for rachamim. So Yom Kippur is really the day of rachamim. So, fine. So that's a little bit of what we spoke about. The Kedushas Hayom contains Aleinu, just like Rosh Hashanah does, because it is still a day of Malchus. It is still a day that has din in it. So we do say Aleinu. And then we get to the real important avoda of the day, and that is the avoda. Right? Amitz Koach. In Baltzvi, the workshop, we spoke about the Nusach, of the bowing, the Ve'akohanim, all of that. And Amitz um, Koach goes through the history of creation up until the time that the Avoda um, finally was instated in the, um, in the Mishkan, in the Besamikdash. And um, that, that piece makes sense, especially because Yom Kippur has one of the most elaborate Avodas. If you look in the entire Torah, look at all the places where Karbanas are mentioned, the most elaborate Avoda is in the Kriya Torah of Yom Kippur, which is Parshas Achrimos. That's the, the, the most elaborate avoda you will find anywhere in the Torah, is the avoda of Yom Kippurim. And therefore, we have many piyutim um, devoted to that in Amitz Koach. So that makes sense. That's perfectly pr- placed. And I would say that not only is Amitz Koach the, the, the avoda of the day, but Yom Kippur is really the day of avoda. So fine. What is the elephant in the room is Ela Ezkara. Right, this is the Asara Haruge Malchus. So, what in the world is that doing here? Right, um, we, there's a parallel. Um, there's a parallel tefillah, or I, I should call it a kina. Right? In Tishba, we have Arze Levanon, 
it's a slightly different version, but Marzi um, Levanon also talks about the Asar Harugay Malchus. Now, on Tisha B'av, that's appropriate. Right? Tisha B'av is a day of national mourning, so we talk about national tragedies. On Yom Kippur, it's a little bit strange, because Yom Kippur is not a day of mourning. Yom Kippur is a day of atonement. It's a day of, yes, it's solemn, but in, in, in many in many senses, Yom Kippur is also a happy day. It's a day of kapara. It's a day of tahara. It's a day of coming closer to Hashem. So it seems very strangely placed to have Ela Ezkara, a piece that's talking about the, you know, that's that's literally a piece that's literally talking about tragedies, people dying. Like, what, what's the point of that? And a very very simple bald batish, but I think emestika answer is that we are looking at our. Averos in tandem with natural um, national tragedies because there is in fact a causal relationship, um, whether or not we could fully understand it. But the point is that because of our imperfections, that's why we have to experience national tragedies, and um, and, and it's it's therefore Ela Ezkara that's going to segue into the uh, the the vidui piece of the Musaf. What I neglected to mention is that Ela Eskra doesn't really just come out of nowhere. It, it, it seems random at first, but really, the Avoda ends with which we all sing and we cheer, right? Because in the times of the base of Magdash, the Kohen would come out, and if he came out alive, right? if he's dead, he doesn't come out, but if he, if he came out, that means he came out alive. So we're cheering, and they, they knew that they were atoned, which is a very incredible thing. They knew that they achieved kapara, they knew that they achieved teshuva, that they achieved tahara, and mechila, and slicha. It was an incredible time. The irony of us singing it is that we don't actually have the Kohen Gadol in the base of Mikdash at the moment of this recording. Um, we don't have him coming out and, and, and telling us that everything is okay. And so, you know, for those who saw it, right? But we haven't seen that. So, right, um, our eyes have not seen it, and we pray, we, we want to see it, but we actually can't. And it's from there that we start talking about how we, you know, essentially, because of our own Averos, we had, there was a Chorban, and there were many Chorbanos, and Chorbanos on top of Chorbanos. We don't have the base of Mikdash, and then we have the Asara Haruge Malchus. Right, now you see how it starts to flow. And at, this is the segue into the Vidue. When we start confessing our own Averos, it's appropriate it's absolutely appropriate that we have a full picture of where Avera leads us um, and where our imperfections leads us. This is, this is what the confession is about. And so in that sense, it actually makes a lot of sense. Another wrinkle to all of this I would mention is that when it comes to um, um, the aspect of Yom Kippur, which we can get kapara for, just by experiencing Yom Kippur the right way. So all the things we do in our relationship with Hashem, Yom Kippur can fix anything um, if we do it right. But Yom Kippur does not mend what's broken in interpersonal relationships, bin Adam And the Asar Harugay Malchus, we know from Chazal, was a, a, was a culmination and a response to, uh, to a huge chay, bin Adam between Yosef and his brothers, right? The ten brothers, and then we have the ten... We have the ten Haruge Malchus. So that's almost a wake-up call that says, don't think that just because we're doing all the Avoda and we're doing everything properly, that you get, you, you've done the Yom Kippur experience and you get off scot-free. The whole other half, Ben Adam HaChavero, is what we're going to get nailed on. If, you know, if, we, if, if, we don't, if we don't fix, we have to fix. 
that means that if you need to make the phone call, make the phone call. It's not worth it. You know, don't just be like, oh yeah, no, when I see him, I'll just be cordial and I'll be, I'll be respectful. That's not enough. You got to address the issue. Address the issue. And, and when, and when in this sense, burying the hatchet does not mean burying it in the sand and pretending that's not there. You got to first acknowledge the hatchet and then you can bury it. Um, but that, 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 the real elephant in the room is not Ayla Ezkara. The real elephant in the room is the fact that we have a whole, um, a whole other half of our lives that Yom Kippur doesn't address and that and won't atone us for, right? The, the the elephant in the room is the other guy that we that that we we don't have a good relationship with. Yom Kippur is a time where we got to fix those things, and Ela Ezkara is like the biggest reminder of that. So, um, that, that that's a piece on that. And then after that, we uh, we go into the vidui, and then we have the conclusion of the avoda. We have the bracha hoda. We have modim, and then we have sim shalom with um, all the regular parts. Of, what, of, of, of whatever regular Yom Nuram Davening would look like, to call, if, if we can use such a phrase, that's how the main parts of the day end. And then we have Mincha, and then we have Ni'ila. So when we get to Mincha, so Mincha is very fascinating because it starts with Kriyasa Torah. For halachic reasons, we, uh, we take the Ashray and the Uvalatzion from Mincha, we transpose it over to Ni'ila. Why that is, I'll explain when we get up to Ni'ila, so just stay tuned. Um, this was also explained in Baal workshops. So if you heard it already, okay, great. I'll, you'll hear it again. Um, but Mincha starts with Kriyasa Torah, a very fascinating Kriyasa Torah. It's the Kriyasa Torah of the Isure Arayos, all the illicit relationships. Why? It seems very random. Okay, we'll have to address that. And then we have Mafter Yona. So Mafter Yona, we grew up with a great story, fun story, exciting story. Um, what's its relevance to us? There's so many different layers of teshuva in the story. It teaches lessons about teshuva, but beyond that, even more importantly, it teaches lessons about Hashem's rachamim and the need for Hashem's rachamim in the world. Yona is the easy part of this, right? The 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 the, the Kriya Torah we have to talk about because that's that's kind of complicated, but the the Yona part is easy. Yona, you know, there's the teshuva of Yona, the teshuva of the sailors, the teshuva of the people of Nineveh. There's the rachamim that that was was shown for Yona so many times throughout the story when Yona deserved to die and Yona was made to survive just so he could finish his mission because Hashem still trusted him to finish his mission. Um, there was the rachamim that Hashem had on on. on on the people of Nineveh, and when even when Yonah was kicking and screaming that he didn't like it, and yet Hashem had to teach him a lesson through the Kikayon that Rachamim is absolutely necessary for creation to continue. So Yonah is the easy part. The difficult part is the Kriya Satara, which talks about Gilu Arayos and all the different forms of it. Like, why? So in a much larger discussion, we talk about how Yom Kippur has a very important theme of intimacy. Intimacy, for example, the Kohen Gadol who engaged in the in the Avoda, he would go going into the inner chambers to meet just with Hashem in the Kodesh Hakadoshim. That represents intimacy. Bizos Yavo Aron. With this Aron shall come in. Yavo is the lashon of Bia, the lashon of entry, the lashon of arrival, which is also the lashon that's used for intimacy in, in Yiddishkeit. Um, and the Kohen Gadol who went in to do the Avoda, he could not do so if he was not married. Right? The Kohen Gadol had to be married. This is one of the, the mistakes of Nadav and Avihu, one of the many mistakes that Chazal bring down. But um, the, the, and why? 
Because if the Kohen Gadol is going to engage in the ultimate intimacy, he has to have a concept of intimacy, right? The Kruvim that he stands before are the faces of a boy and a girl, right? A relationship between a husband and a wife. That's what the Kruvim represents. And so the Yom Kippur is all about intimacy, if you think about it, the ultimate kind of intimacy, the intimacy of our relationship with Hashem. The whole concept of Yom Kippur is the Tahara we need when we try to come close to Hashem. That's where the need from Tahara emerges in our relationship with Hashem, because that's what intimacy is all about, Tahara, right? The, the, the woman has to make herself Tahora before she comes before her husband. And so, that's that, that, um, and so when we see that, we can have a better understanding then of the Kriyasa Torah by Mincha time, which is also about, it's taken from Achremos. Very fascinatingly, the laning for the morning and the laning for the afternoon are both from Achremos. What is the laning for the morning? The Avodah of Yom Kippur, which is in Achremos, right? Um, and the Bezosi of Aaron. And yet, and, and it talks about the deaths of Nadav and Aviyu, which we already mentioned, the mistake was that they lacked intimacy. And when it came to, or at least, uh, you know, the, the, the experience of intimacy. And when it came to the um, Kriya Torah for Mincha time, it's the other part of Achremos, the Gile Arayos. Why are the Gile Arayos in Parshas Achremos with the Avodah of Yom Kippur? And I want to suggest the answer is the same. The answer is that the Avodah of Yom Kippur represents intimacy, and Gile Arayos represents the wrong kind of intimacy. It's intimacy... Um, gone in the wrong direction. It's intimacy abused. It's intimacy corrupted. Right? There's a right and wrong way to enter Lifnayev Lifnim. There's a wrong place to do it. Right? The, the Parsha of Achremos talks about Shchutei Chutz, right? which means slaughtering and beginning an avoda outside the Mikdash. Right? A consecrated animal that you slaughter outside, which you're supposed to bring inside and then perform the avoda with it. And you're doing that on the outside. That could almost be equated with Hashchasa Zara Levatala. It's, it's a, it's a, hashcha, it's a being motzi zera bachutz, right? So there's so much here about intimacy, and that's what I think um, is spoken to in the Kriyasa Torah of Mincha. Other than that, the Mincha follows the same format of the rest of the davenings, right? It has the Shimona Esrei with the Vidui, and it also has Avinu Malkinu, just like Shachris does, um, just like all the Tefilos of Yom Kippur do. Anyway, now we get over to Ni'ila. And with Ni'ila, we get to the close, because that's what Ni'ila is. When it comes to Ni'ila, Ni'ila means a locking. It's the chasima, right? All of these zechreinu l'chaim, so all the, uh, the kasvenus, every the word kasvenu that we have in our in our Yemim Noraim davening, all the way from Aserah Samit Shuvah up until this point, so the, the, all the kasvenus are switched to chasmenu. Chasmenu, which means not to write us in, but to seal us, because this is the time of the seal. Now, the uh, Gemara I'm in, in more than one place, um, but it's, it's, I think it's mainly a Yerushalmi that talks about the Ni'ilas Sha'arim, that the gates are closing. When the gates of the Beis HaMikdash would close, that's when they said this. There's a whole question of whether or not Ni'ila is meant to be said on public fast days. So maybe Ni'ila has something to do with the fact that it's a fast day. But the main point is that any fast day is an Ace on for tefillah, and Ni'ila is the last opportunity, it's the last chance. And so... When it comes to Ni'ila, that's what Ni'ila is basically about. Now, what I mentioned is that we have Ashrei Nuvalatzion transposed, transplanted from Mincha time, which we don't, we didn't say it at Mincha for Yom Kippur. Now we say it at, at Ni'ila, and the main reason being is that we want to start every Shemona Esrei with a Kaddish, but Kaddish needs to be preceded by some kind of peace, some kind of Torah, some kind of 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 Kriya. So um, Ashrei Nuvalatzion fits the book. And at Mincha time, since we have a Kriyasa Torah, because it is a Tainas Tzibor, 
Right? You may be wondering, why do we have a Kriyasatora at Mincha? We like only have Kriyasatora at Mincha when it's Shabbos or when it's a fast day. Right? So, ah, that's the reason. We always have Kriyasatora at Mincha when it's a fast day. Yom Kippur is the fast day of fast days. So we have Kriyasatora. Kriyasatora fits the bill um, for something that can precede a Kaddish. So um, it's, a, it's a technicality. But since we have Kriyasatora, Kriyasatora comes, then we have Kaddish, then we have Esrei. For Ni'ila, we don't have a Kriyasatora, but we do have Asherin of Altsion. So we do Asherin of Altsion, then Kaddish, and then we have Ni'ila, the Shimona Esrei. And Ni'ila has its own special nusuch, which we spoke about in Baltimore, the workshop. But the main part of Ni'ila is a similar thing that we had in Kol Nidre night in Mariv, and that is all the slichos. There's so many slichos that we say with the Yagilomidos Arachamim, and this is where we are trying to outpour with our hearts, trying to give Hashem everything we have left at that moment. Um, the Tfilos of Ni'ila talk about the Sharei Dima, the gates of tears, which are the ones that are not closing. As the gates of Ni'ila close, the tears are still always available, but this is the time that you want to push as much as you possibly can. It's the last chance. And that is basically what Ne'ila is. And then after that, we have Avinu Malkinu like we've had up until now. But now, just like we mentioned earlier, all the Kasvenus are switched to Chasmenu. We want to be sealed. And that goes into the Shema Yisrael. We're screaming out, Shema Yisrael, Shema Kinu, Shema Echad. That Baruch Shem Kavod While we are still angels, while we are still at the status of angels, we say Baruch Shem out loud. And this is the last three times that we're going to get the opportunity to do it, because you say it three times. And then, just like with Eliyahu Hanavi, right? We spoke about Eliyahu Hanavi in the Rosh Hashanah workshop for Unasana Tokaf. That was a moment of inspiration where Hashem was ready to show us Rachamim, because we were able to acknowledge with inspiration that Hashem Hu Elokim, there is no one else. There's no Nevi'eh Baal, there's no Baal, there's no rain god, there, there's no Avodah there's nothing else in life. Or let's say some person goes through life being an agnostic, we say, no, 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 Enol Nuvado, there's only Hashem. Hashem Hu Elokim, and we say it seven times, and that's really the climax, the climax of the, what we said at the time of Eliyahu Hanavi. The last chance for Rachamim is our declaration of Hashem Hu Elokim. And that's, that's really what the, the point of Ne'ila is. And then, you know, there's a, and then there, obviously there's the Kaddish that comes at the end, and the, and the shofar, the last shofar blast, and the Lashon Habab Yerushalayim. And Be'ezras Hashem, that's what we should be Zocha to. And I, I, I hope that this um, um, has enriched your, um, you know, your understanding of, of the uh, Yom Kippur davening at large. And Bezras Hashem, it should make your davening a little bit more meaningful. And with that said, I want to wish you a Gemar Chassim Matova and all your tefillahs should be Niskabel, Barachim, Mubaratzon. And really, this should be the end. It should be true that Lashon Habab Yerushalayim, we should see the rebuilding of the base of Migdash, Mehera, Biyamenu.